0: Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back, and thank you for listening.
1: Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we are talking about the retirement danger zone. These are the years right around the time of retirement. This is a critical time for your financial plan and your life that decisions may have a lasting impact. We share common mistakes that we have seen and a few considerations before you decide to retire. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Well, welcome back. Episode nine. We're doing, I guess, we're on number nine.
2: Well, here we go. <laughs> this is another good one.
1: So we've kind of been building up to this point of, of, you know, information in your 20s and 30s, questions to be asking yourself, 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of through through the ages. And, and today we wanted to talk about... Um, Kind of right around retirement. I like to think of this as kind of the danger zone, the if you will, the three years before retirement, three years into retirement, and this is when the numbers get real, the math gets real, and and it's a real exciting day for a client.
2: Well, it's uh, exciting. It's scary. It's um, you know, for advisors, it's uh, it's a little scary. You got to make sure the numbers are right, and you know everything everything works. You just don't want to be the guy that says. Um, you need to go get a job at Walmart. <laughs> you know, that's just as uh, nobody wants to have that conversation. So, and so far we haven't had to have that conversation. So, that's good.
1: Yeah, the main goal is always to not go back to work if you don't want, <laughs> want yeah. to. Yeah. That's that's, uh, that, that's the last thing you want to do and and you know, there's when it comes to this, there's kind of three parties involved, right? There's obviously the person retiring, there's the advisor uh, us sitting there with them, but then there's also the market. And and it's all kind of based on assumptions going forward, you know, past performance in the market, future assumptions of, of income and spending and health insurance. You, you do, you know, from a planning perspective, there's a lot of, of kind of assumptions and questions and best guesses you have to make in this time frame as well.
2: Yeah. And, and because the, you know, we're just working with math and, and the, the numbers can, you know, you can, you can manipulate the numbers to kind of tell you whatever you want it to tell you about what, what we really want to know is, you know, what's what's real and what's possible and, and what are the risks involved with the, the current situation. You know, for example, um, you know, on, on my planning, I I just plan on living to be a hundred. I, I wanna make sure that that in my retirement plan, uh that I'm that I'm funded uh through age one hundred. And some clients come in and you know they've got, you know, maybe they're not in the best of health and they've got some issues or something and they say, well, you know, I'm just be surprised if I live past 80. So we can use that number. But, you know, people need to understand that's a more aggressive posture uh, when you're using a, a shorter, uh, you know, life expectancy, because what happens if you end up living longer than than you plan, then it kind of throws the the math of your, of your plan off a little bit. The same thing you know, you could, you could have an advisor say, well, we can, you know, we can get you 12% on your money. And, you know, maybe the last 10 years we've been able to do that, but to project that in the future, that's a very aggressive number. And so the, you know, the idea is you have to, you know, you really should use more conservative assumptions. And then um, with the idea that if I'm overfunded, I can always find a place to spend more money. That's a much better position to be in for sure.
1: Yeah. Having the conversation of, hey, we're overfunded. We've got extra dollars in the plan. You know, take your kid, grandkids to Disneyland is a lot better conversation than, you know, it's time to give Lowe's or Walmart a call and see if we can work 20 hours a week.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and that's always, it, it, with this, it's 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 your life, it's your plan, and you can- you can make any of those assumptions that you want. You can say, I'm only going to live five years. And, and that's one of the challenges with, with retirement. Now people just live longer. We have lots of clients in their nineties. Yes. It's, it's, it's becoming less and less uncommon. Right. (laughs) And, and so you have to assume to be conservative, you have to assume lower rates of return, living longer and then it just gives you peace of mind. It gives you a buffer in the system. It's the same reason why we're fans of, you know, emergency funds and having those in the financial plan as well. Of, of The more slack, the more buffer you have in your system, the more you can handle news, events, volatility, uncertainties, because things change. You know, really, the, the minute your plan's done, it's kind of out of date the second you walk out the door because life changes. Right. And, and so the more conservative you can be with yourself – the, the more options you have now, you know, I get it. You, you, a lot of people want to spend the last dollar of the day they die. But the problem is we don't know when that day is coming.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great plan. I want to spend the last dollar the day I die too. the the nobody ever answers the question. When when are you going to die? <laughs> you know, so we, we can help do that math if we can give us a date. But, you know, that's a that's a that's a tough one to. To deal with. And so, you know, the alternative is just to use more conservative numbers and and then be, you know, overfunded. That's Mm -hmm. the that's the best scenario because it's it's a lot less stressful. And, you know, uh, let's say in a a normal emergency fund is, you know, say twenty thousand dollars. Well, so to take that up a little bit, maybe you have maybe you have 30 or 35,000. So there's a little extra buffer there. Um, you know, maybe your math is a more conservative rate of return. Maybe you say, well, instead of living to age 85, I'm going to live to age, you know, 93 or whatever. And and that way you've got just extra room in the plan for things to go wrong. Because the worst case scenario is somebody retires and and then there's a, a pullback in the market like we're having right now. If you retired, you know, just a year ago, then things are a little more stressful unless you are, you know, Unless you had slack in your plan, unless you had an overabundance and you were using conservative numbers, then, you know, everything still feels OK. But if you were just trying to hit that, you know, that finish line and and maybe you used more aggressive numbers and then immediately we have a pullback in the market, then it's just a more it's just a more stressful situation. We don't, we don't want people to have financial stress uh, during retirement if we can avoid it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the main point of retirement is to reduce some of that, that stress, right? You're not, you're not worried about putting food on the table every night. That's, that's kind of one of the main goals is that a little more stress-free of a life. And I think that leads into, um, if, if one of the better conversations we've had with, with clients at this time too, is, is talking about maybe we take a second employment instead of fully retiring, Mm -hmm. you know, Maybe there's an option to instead of making big withdrawals for the next few years, we take partial withdrawals and we work some of it as well. You know, you can always take a little and work a little. There's there's options that way in a hybrid retirement work in a job that you enjoy doing at a schedule you enjoy doing, you know, instead of waking up at 4 a.m. and headed out to the, you know, the factory of the plant, you, you know, you can work on an hours. You can find a job you enjoy and that improves quality of life without putting at risk kind of the longevity of retirement. And, and so I wouldn't, I would encourage a lot of people to not discount the idea of just changing jobs, maybe right
2: at the finish line to help ease into retirement versus, you know, just flipping the switch. Well, especially if you can find the right situation, you know, and and I, I think the, the, the part-time situation, it, it can help emotionally too. Because sometimes it's really hard to go from you know fully engaged I'm working you know 45 50 hours a week to 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 nothing that's a that's really a kind of a big adjustment for a lot of people and I know when my dad retired we, we were in business together and um you know first we slowed him down to 4 days a week and then 3 days a week and and there at the end it was 2 days a week and he took a book with him but <laughs> you know I mean and, and that's a, that's a great way to kind of ease into retirement. And I think there's a lot of employers, especially smaller employers that value the, you know, just the the education that they have invested in employee over time that are pr- probably willing to work with people and say, hey, um, you know, I want to retire, but I don't really want to uh, retire completely. Can I just get my schedule back a little bit? And I think a lot of small employers are really open to those kind of situations. So...
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. You might not even need to change jobs just can make it happen, Mm -hmm. you know, right where you are. It's definitely a conversation worth having. um, If you, you know, like parts of what you do and maybe just want to ease back on the schedule. And obviously the biggest point in here is. I feel like clients speed up during this time. You're you're making lots of decisions, lots on the line, and it, and it seems to be going fast for people right around retirement. Mm-hmm. That you know this retirement time, and so just being able to try to slow down your thought process, throw down, slow down the decisions. There's you know there's nothing that has to be done right now. You know, they get anxious to reach the finish line, and maybe you rush some things right in those last few years, and and it kind of can just put a hitch in the system. And mm-hmm. so just just Taking a little extra time, double checking the numbers and as well as emotionally too. It's it's an exci- you know, people do want to retire. It's what you've been working for years for. And so just taking that extra beat to double check all the numbers, review the cash flow, and 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 that's something that, that is easy to overlook of just not having the right numbers when you put things together you know, I think I'm going to get this so much from social security. I think I'm going to get this much from a pension. I think, you know, this, that, and the other, and, and you need to know exactly what the numbers are.
2: Yeah. It's critical that you need to know what the numbers are as well as, um, you know, cost of living increases. And, and does your, you know, if you have a pension, does it, does it have a cost of living increase or is it a fixed pension? Um, What are your social security benefits going to be? And, you know, you get close to retirement, you really need to to get hard numbers uh, from the Social Security Administration, so you know exactly what those numbers are, and and you know s- sometimes you know we 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 assume and then we get the numbers and you know it might be a couple hundred dollars higher, a couple hundred dollars lower, which really you know that makes a big difference in retirement. Yeah. So
1: particularly for business owners you know sometimes you've shown income differently and and not gotten accredited through through social security and so you you know you may be thinking you're higher than what you actually are and and doing a little income planning in getting ready for retirement can help kind of buffer your your social security claiming strategy as well you know this is you know particularly around those who own a business, have an escort.
2: Well, yeah, uh, business owners, that's a whole that's a whole nother landmine going on because as a business owner, you want to show as little income as you can, <laughs> you know, over time because you want to reduce your tax bill, you don't want to pay as much as Social Security, and then you get close to retirement and you haven't paid very much in, and so your benefit's not gonna be very good. So for for, for business owners really, they need to about 10 years out, they need to start looking at their social security numbers and say, okay is, you know, is there a way I can bring this up, uh, efficiently? So,
1: yeah. And then as well as looking at the claiming strategies of when to take it, yeah.
2: um, you know, do you need to
1: be showing some income a little bit longer, uh, than, than under, uh, you know, traditional, um, pathways is that, so I, you know, cash flow you, you have to have the right numbers, the right cost of living increases, if there's any, and understanding, when the dollars are coming from where they're coming from because because you one of your biggest expenses in retirement is taxes and you can if you have everything in a deferred like a 401k account or an IRA account that's deferred dollars and you go take this big lump sum out of it well you've just caused yourself a big tax headache that that maybe wasn't anticipated before before you made the distribution uh, so you know tax planning has to be integrated into where's the money coming from right And, and then obviously any debts you need to have a handle on any, you know, income is important, but also what are the obligations on those Mm -hmm. dollars already? And obviously if you can retire without debts is the ideal situation, no mortgage, no car loans, you know, nothing that then, because those are the first dollars you have to pay those, you know, your property taxes and your loan obligations, you know, they come right off the top. And, and, and so the more you can reduce those or at least have a plan to do it. You know, we, we do have some clients that take, you know, like a mortgage into re- retirement, but there's a plan about how to deal uh-huh. with that in a tax efficient way. And, and so understanding what are the debt obligations and, and knowing, you know, especially right now, some of those debt obligations can be adjustable rate mortgages or adjustable right. rate um, loans. And and when rates go up, if all of a sudden, instead of paying 10% to, into your uh, debt servicing needs—it's fifteen or twenty—that can totally change the longevity of a plan if you're having to take more out sooner than you think, and and so no surprises is better during this time. Uh, it, the, the the more conservative you can be and with the least amount of surprises s- seems to allow you to sleep a little better at night.
2: Well, and and even you know just as far as budgeting's concerned, how are we going to replace the car? And just just really. Uh, continuing to try and avoid debt in in retirement. I mean, cars have to be replaced. You know, you retire when you're 60 years old, 65 years old. You're still going to have to buy a few cars. And so, you know, just save some money as you go along out of that day-to-day budget rather than, um, you know, having to go into debt because cars are pretty expensive nowadays, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also how willing are you to be to adjust the income that you're taking in retirement. You know, it, it, that kind of goes back to those assumptions. Usually the more assumptions you you make into the plan, the more aggressive assumptions you make, maybe you need to be a little bit more dynamic in reducing your income sooner if the if the market pulls back or being willing to delay the car if the market or, or your savings isn't in the right place quite yet. And so, you know, just because you lay it out once, doesn't part of the conversation is how willing are we to modify, make changes, reduce income, increase income, uh, to, to satisfy, uh, needs and demands, because we've seen this time and time again, it seems like every time somebody retires within the first year or two, something happens. Um, you know, the the roof goes out, the car goes out. It's, it is, for the market pulls back. The market pulls back. I mean, yeah.
2: there's there there literally is always always something, and that's why uh, you know, just a, a at least an annual sit down and go through the numbers. Everything look good? Do we need to make some adjustments? Those are, um, you know, because all of our rep- our retirement planning software is so forward looking that, you know, if you're having if right now the numbers don't look too good, we can look at and say, well, wh- why? And is this a temporary situation or is this a long-term situation? Then decide whether we need to make some adjustments or not.
1: Yeah. And I think that comes in a lot around, you know, healthcare and medical costs. Um, you know, when you retire, you're generally not a young buck anymore and uh, medical costs come along with that. And, and one of the conversations you need to have is make sure you're understanding. What health insurance you have, where it's coming from, what it's going to cost you, and and how IRA distributions or or taxable distributions roll into that.
2: Um, well, for for sure. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have this nice retirement nest egg and then decide to retire and not have any insurance, and then have a you know a big medical event with with no coverage uh, because you're not old enough for Medicare. And so that that is definitely one of the in-depth conversations that we have with people who are uh, younger than 65 and going to retire is how we, you know, how are we going to be insured? Um, there, you know, there's a lot of ways to do that nowadays, and and it, you know, it can definitely be accomplished. But it it you know, it's definitely a very very high priority whether you're going to stay on your Previous employer's plan, whether you go on the exchanges to get health insurance, but we, you know, there just has to be something in there to kind of protect protect the nest egg that you've uh, accumulated.
1: Yeah, and and healthcare costs are are far more than the last time you likely went in. Yeah, you know, speaking from personal experience, we've you know recently had a baby, child in the hospital. Everybody's doing well, uh, thankfully, but the bills. Are showing up and they are a lot more than the last baby we had. (laughs) And, and it's just the, the path right now is, is increasing medical costs. And so knowing where, where you're going to be able to cover those is, is critical because it's, you know, if you end up start taking more money, more taxable income later, you 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 can run into those Medicare surcharges, which is just another expense that you might not have been planning for. And, And so health insurance, a lot, you know, everything is just so critical during this time that, that knowing what the numbers are matters a lot.
2: Yeah. It just seems like that, you know, that three years before and, you know, after it just seems like when people get finally get into retirement, you know, they get in two or three years and, you know, we kind of get in the the flow of how much, you know, what the expenses really are, we assume, you know, expenses are going to change when you're tired because you're not working, you're not driving as much, you don't have to have as much clothing, but you know, you're spending it on other things. It seems like after about three years, people kind of settle into, oh, this is kind of what our financial life looks like going forward. And we can just kind of adjust from that point. So, but those first few years, it's, you know, it's, it's tricky.
1: Yeah. And I think lining out the investments, you know, we haven't got to that part, but lining out the investments about structuring it so because we know income's going to be coming out you know we know that's going to happen you know there will be a day where there were contributions and then the next day there's distributions and so making sure you have the right investments to line up with when that money comes out you know we talk about the bond ladder or structured investments so that we can have predictable income during these times. And that income needs to start being lined out years before you retire, you know, right. in that three to five years before you retire, because you don't want to get into a situation like right now where the market's down and have to have the conversation. Hey, can you wait? And right. you say, oh, no, I've already, I've already paid for my cruise vacation in six months from now. I, I need to go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, one of the other problems though, is getting too conservative too soon too. That, that can cause problems on on the back end. So it's just having the, you know, the, the right amount of, of cash and, and, and bonds in the bond ladder and, and then, and then stocks to kind of grow your future income. And, and that's all individualized based on how much people are going to actually need to pull out of their, their portfolio. And, and then those numbers are put in so that it, you know, that's just dialed in for their, you know, exact situation.
1: Yeah. And that is, that's, I think a great final point is, everything is unique. You know, everybody's yeah. life is different. Um, you know, we all come to the market with different goals and objectives and and financial planning is the same way. You know, it is, everybody's unique and, and those goals will change and it's okay to change them. Yep. And I think sometimes we lay out a plan and somebody's like, oh, well, I said I was going to do this last year, so I need to do it this year. And it's, you know, it's your life, it's your dollars. It's, we can make these adjustments, Be, especially if you've been conservative in your assumptions early on it just allows those changes to flow through without impacting lifestyle, um, because ultimately this is your retirement. It should be enjoyable. You should be able to sleep well at night. You should be able to spend time with family, loved ones, those that you want to spend time with, without just stressing over, "Am I gonna be okay?" Um, and if if you're if you're losing sleep, you're doing something wrong, in my opinion. And there should be other things you can do to, you know, put you in a place that that um, can help you just reduce some of the stress, you know, risk never goes away, whether you're in or out of retirement. Um, but, uh, doing it in a way that all works together, uh, just brings a great peace of mind.
2: Yeah. I think bottom line is, um, you know, uh, start thinking about it early, you know, three, five years out and then, and then get good advice and, uh, just, you know, kind of put together a plan that just makes common sense to your particular situation.
1: Yeah. I think that's it. Well, thanks again. And and I guess we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman and Ride LLC DBA Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.